When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Thursday, and I'm here with Sonny Hostin. This is Behind the Table. All right, we are here with Sonny, and Sonny, you came in a little bit tired today. (laughs) I'm tired too, but I think you've got a better reason. Tell us what you were doing last night. Well, John Legend invited me to his concert (laughs) at the Beacon uh, Theater yesterday. You know, I was originally told it started at seven. Mm -hmm. And so I jumped on it and I was like, I'll go home. I'll just gear up. And I called Manny and I said, date night. And he's like, yeah, what time? Seven o'clock. He's like, I'll meet you at home. So we we get to the theater and it started at eight. Mm -hmm. And then. On our way, actually. That's a rookie mistake. It it never, they never come out, mistake. you know. Come on. Oh, I don't know why I did that. And then um, what was also interesting was his friend called him and he said, oh, I'm on my way to the John Legend concert. And his friend was like, oh, like you and Sonny are in college again? You got you, you a you date in the middle of the week? Do, do, do you both have off tomorrow? And it was just at that moment when we realized he has to see patients and surgery surgeries. Right. And I have to be here. And... I don't know. We got there early, so we decided to get liquored up, which probably wasn't the smartest thing either. We were drinking tequila. But you're at a concert. You got to get the vibe. Yeah, we no, got I, the I vibe. Get it. Yeah. We met some women from Jersey that mm-hmm. were really cool that were sitting uh, behind us, and we talked to them for a while, and it was a wonderful He's concert. such a great performer. He's such a great performer. He told um, a lot about his life. There was sort of this big video screen behind him, and- he he just really was vulnerable in in what he was telling you know the audience and we were all singing along with him it was a wonderful night and um we got invited to the vip after party and we we indulged lame ducked it and yeah. And went home. I, I listen, <laughs> It's hard to turn down the VIP after party. I've been to one or two. I don't get invited to as many as you, but I, I've been to a couple. And once you, once you can get behind the ropes, it's kind of hard to leave. It's, we couldn't. Yeah. No, we couldn't do it. We we lamed out. We we, we went home. Oh. I know. But we didn't get home till like midnight. Wow. All and right. So that's why I looked the way I did when you saw me this morning. I Brian. thought you looked great. But it's hard. <laughs> listen, it's, it's hard when you have a, a job to go out during the week. Yes. 100%. I have the same thing. I have a a school event tonight. It's an adult uh, night out and it's, it's Veterans Day tomorrow so the schools are closed and, and a lot right. of people are not working. I'm working. We're working, yeah. Right, so, um, you know, so I'm going to have to go out tonight and see see what I can do. And you're going to be exhausted. I'm going to be exhausted but there's a football game on and it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, how much sleep do you need to feel 100%? Well, my aura ring tells me yes. that uh, seven hours is is great for me. Okay. And I rarely get that. Like last night, I think I got five it hours. It makes such a difference, a doesn't half. it? Yeah. I need my seven. Yeah. And um, I didn't get that. All right. Well, I rarely get it. And I don't get it when I'm writing my books either. You say yes to more things than, than most people around this I, place I do. I do because it's such an incredible experience being invited to all these things. I mean, you're a host on The View and you 
get invited to right. these incredible events. It's like I would never, as a federal prosecutor, be invited. I think to John no, Legend's and it's important VIP party, <laughs> and it's important for the show too because you're you're talking to people that are going to be on the show. You yeah. get ideas. You've come to me from an event and said like, oh, we have to have this person exactly. on that I never would have thought of that you might not have thought exactly. of. Exactly. So it's part of your job too, but it's uh, it, it does it there's some wear and tear. I yeah, <laughs> I, I go. I've been going out a lot. Yeah, I've been going out a lot. All right. Well, speaking of John Legend, he was on today, and and to your point, he's such an incredible storyteller, both through his yes. music and through just conversation and answering questions. And he talked openly about how he and his wife, Chrissy Teigen, um, they've had a complicated fertility and, and IVF mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. You wrote about your journey in your memoir. I did. Why did you want to share that? You know, because when I was going through it, which of course was 21 years ago, no one talked about it. Yeah. And I'm so saddened by the fact that people still don't talk about IVF and, and talk about um, infertility. I didn't have anyone to, to talk to. And I actually fell into a bit of a depression because I was also on bed rest with Gabriel because mm-hmm. um, I had a torn placenta at three months. And so I was on bed rest for six months, basically. Oh, wow. And um, I gained 70 pounds because they kept on telling me if I didn't eat enough and the baby was born prematurely. So I was going through all these emotions and there was no social media. There was no Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I actually found a thread um, of women that were going through the same thing. And it was my lifeline. And I decided I better talk about this. I better write to this in the book because I felt ashamed that I couldn't get pregnant. Um, and, you know, I used to call my best friend Fertile Myrtle because, I mean, it was like her husband would look at her and she'd have a baby. Yeah. And Manny and I were, you know, in love and going and wanted a family so badly. And we were going through all these problems. I had five miscarriages. I had something like four rounds of IVF. I had IUI. Um, People that are listening to this that are going through infertility know what I'm talking about. It's really difficult. I was a full-time federal prosecutor at the time. I was taking this drug called Lupron to uh, sort of, you know, help help you along produce a lot of eggs. And I was a maniac. It changed my mood terribly. You gain a lot of weight on it. It's a real struggle. And and you have no one to talk to. And it's a roller coaster. I I, I didn't go through it. Well, my wife and I didn't go through it, but I have people in my family that have. Yeah. And just it's heartbreaking on the sidelines to watch yes. you know, the hopes. And there's so much disappointment before you can get there. Well, we stopped talking to to my parents about it right. because we would say, OK, we're going in. We're going to do the egg transfer, the embryo transfer. And then, you know, you you doctor will call you and say the numbers are going up. Yeah. Or the doctor will then tell you, oh, I'm sorry that the numbers have now go, gone down. And it was particularly difficult with Paloma because Paloma started out as a twin pregnancy. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the numbers are through the roof. The numbers are through the roof. And I always wanted three kids, three or four kids. And then like third, fourth month, they're like, the other twin is not going to survive. Yeah. So I also went through that. And that was That's like soul crushing. And again, who do you turn to to talk to about right. it? You know, my, 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 I didn't want to talk to my parents about it because they so loved being grandparents after Gabriel that they would have been destroyed by it. So I, I kept a lot of this inside, and it's a really, really heavy burden. I just told Sarah Haynes, you know, who loves the therapy. She does. Um, I should be much crazier. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a little crazy, but I should be much crazier because I've never been in therapy. And I, I my therapy has been sharing my story. Yeah. 
That's been my therapy. There's definitely a bit of therapy that happens on the show, yes. uh, I think, too, because you're just forced to go to places you wouldn't that normally you go in conversation. you don't want to go to. Right. Well, speaking of Sarah, we talked yesterday on the show about having siblings. Yes. Uh, we joked about how Sarah is the, si- the sister you never wanted. And I didn't ask for. No, yes, but no. you have her none- all the same. <laughs> but you are an only child. Have, have you ever wished you had siblings or not really? Joy doesn't you ever know, wish it. not really. Mm-hmm. I, I had a very happy childhood being the center of attention of my parents and my family. And I also, as you know, a book nerd. Mm -hmm. I read all the time. I like being alone. And you learn how to be alone as an only child. Like I hear all these people that are like, I'm so lonely, I'm so lonely. I never feel lonely when I'm alone. I don't get to be alone because my family likes to be in my space all the time. But I cherish being alone. And I think that's something that only children do learn. And I have so many chosen sisters and chosen family because I was an only child. So I feel like I got the best of both worlds. Like I have, as you know, I have a lot of close friends. And then I have like an extended chosen family. It's the coolest thing. So I and I, I know a lot of people that don't speak to their siblings, hate their siblings. The only one thing that I will say is that as my parents get older, I do worry about being the only one that can relate to our experience together yeah. as a family. And I don't have any help if they get, you know, sick. Right. So it's on you. It's on me and, and my husband mm-hmm. and my kids. So I, I worry about my parents because I'm an only child. I uh, I, I grew up with a, a sister that I'm close to and I yeah. see the, the, the sibling relationship of my daughters and I, I, yes. I like it a lot. But I also, I see... The, the statistics and the appeal of being an only child too. I think like, you know they're very high performing. Yes, they generally, are generally and and generally get along with people. Yeah, I feel like there's also an oldest child, only child kind of connection. Generally, I yes. feel like there's a similar thing there as an eldest child. Myself. As an eldest child, my, my I love seeing my kids together. Yeah, I mean, I think when Gabriel went off to college, Paloma missed him in a way I didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only three years apart, three and a half years apart. But I did not anticipate that. And it's because I'm an only child. I went away to college. There was no one, you know, right, at no home missing behind. me, yeah. really. Um, and she did say that to me. She said, I I, I just miss my brother. Yeah. I was like, well, you can call him or visit him anytime. And and she did call him. And he was like, come on, come on up, come on up. So I, I do, in a sense, when I watch them together, I think, well, maybe that would have been nice. There are pluses and minuses, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, and you have Cousins that are closer than normal yes, cousins and things yes, like that. Yes, my cousins, because, I'm very yeah, close to them. Yeah. Um, was it important for your children to have siblings in your mind? or? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was important because I was so close to my two male cousins, mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey and Sean, and my other one, Ty V. I just thought, you know, maybe, maybe it will be helpful yeah. for them to have each other. Uh, Manny comes from a family of three, Although he didn't want three. <laughs> he said we'd be outnumbered. Right. And so we don't have three. You got to play zone defense. Uh, then. Yeah, yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. what he said. But um, yeah, it was it, it was important to me. And I and I love the relationship that they have. Wow. It's it's pretty um, stunning. That's great. Well, yeah. speaking of, of good relationships, this is incredibly cool. Last weekend, you were at the New York Metropolitan Opera seeing the life and times of Malcolm X. And you went with Malcolm X's daughter, your good friend. Tell I us about did. that. I know everyone's always surprised when I'm like, yeah, that's my friend. Yeah, you know she she believe it or not grew up in Westchester County and um, also hung out a lot. Uh, she went to Hackley for uh, primary school and middle school and high school, and so we met 
when we were probably 18 at a club. <laughs> um, and so we kind of grew older together. And we've been friends then for, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And I, she introduced herself as Ilyasa Shabazz. And, of course, I'm thinking Malcolm X. I'm not thinking El yeah. Shabazz, yeah. right? Um, and someone says to me, like, several months later, because we hit it off, you know that's Malcolm X's daughter. And I was just like, you mean the six-foot woman that I'm hanging out with that looks just like Malcolm X? Yep, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Shabazz, Shabazz, that makes sense. And we've had such wonderful discussions because she um, is the one in her family that leads the foundation. So she's written books about her parents. Um, she's really, really smart. And so she invited me to opening night at the Met. I I would. I hope everyone goes to see it. It's going to be a short theatrical run. I think it um, ends December second. But I will say this: you know, um, her father was quite tall; was over six feet tall. Yasa, she hates when I call her that, but I call her Yasa <laughs> instead of Ilyasa. Yasa is uh, about six feet tall, and the opera singer was about five four. I mean, and and she keeps on nudging me. She's like. My father was very tall, Sonny. You know, my father was very tall. <laughs> Everyone my father was very that. tall. I'm like, yes, we all know that, but listen to his voice. Uh, but when she she lost herself in it, yeah. and she loved it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. What a cool experience to, to see with her. <laughs> this is Sonny Hostin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, all right. Speaking of cool experiences, this one, I, I've had this in my back pocket for a while. <laughs> oh, I'm very gosh. excited about this. Oh, no. This is going to be the tease for this podcast. <laughs> so as as you know, um, and probably people listening to the podcast don't, I am, am a big fan of pop culture, 80s yes, and 90s in particular. Um, I always enjoyed the fact that we had the occasional sitcom stars, a host yes, on the show. Yes. Um, and you know, I don't watch sitcoms. Ever. Which no. is why I was astounded to find out. <laughs> That in in younger days, mm-hmm. you dated a sitcom star from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, this is very exciting for me. <laughs> you dated Cockroach from The Cosby Show. <laughs> I hate that that was his name on the you show. You dated someone named Cockroach. Well, Walter, but yeah, Cockroach. He, yes. Yes. I, yes, I did. Uh, his name's Carl Anthony. Yes, the um, real life is. In yes. real ni- life, I called him Anthony. Yes. Um, also Cole Brown on Martin. Yes. Yep. Yes, he was on Martin. He's... He directs now also, mm-hmm. and um, he's a working actor. And, uh, you know, he I would hang out with um, Anthony and um, Malcolm uh, Jamal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Theo. I, yes. I, I would hang out with Theo. <laughs> um, they were good friends with Chris Rock, so I actually hung out with Chris. And, give, me, give me an age range here. What are we talking about? Well, I think it was... Uh, Late eighties, like okay, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. All right, something, something. All right, so this lines. is this is he's on the Cosby Show at this point. Oh yes, yes. yes. Did you and visit the set? Yes, I did. You visited the set. <laughs> this is very I met crazy. Bill yeah. Cosby. I met uh, Felicia Rashad. Mm-hmm. I met Theo. Well, well you know, we, you know, I would hang out now, with them. Felicia Rashad. Yeah, yeah. I still know mm-hmm. her. Um, it was really interesting because it it looks it looks so different when you. You were there yeah. as a, as I'm sure our show does, you right. know, because you're in the audience and I was like kind of backstage and it mm-hmm. was built almost like if anyone's seen the Lucy and Ricky mm-hmm. movie, it was built like that. It's almost like watching SNL live. It's still like that now because I've been to Is a couple it? sitcoms. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's on a track. Almost. It's yeah. yeah, it's on a track. And it was mm-hmm. just like fascinating to me. And I'm like watching my boyfriend basically like. In this show, it was it was pretty amazing, right, and, so, and he's very talented. Yeah, you he's know? very talented. He it, dumped me for someone else. Well, I was gonna ask. So <laughs> tell me about this. How did that go down? It wasn't nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, I had a friend named Anna mm-hmm. who was really pretty, mm-hmm. and um, as you know, I I was a dancer. I I took classes at Joffrey Ballet, mm-hmm. and Anna was also a dancer, and and. It, he broke up with me for Anna. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. How did, how, did you blame him or Anna for that? You know, I didn't blame either. I okay. was just like, "Wow, this is what people do." Yeah, it was kind of shocking, but he wow. just she was stunning, and um, she was way cooler than I was. You know, I grew up in the church, and and I was young and. Mm-hmm. It just I, I I wasn't as cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I I get it, but you know, still that's rough. <laughs> but it's, again, he's cockroach. I'm not. It's kind of in character on the Cosby Show. Yeah, for, he dumped. For him. Yeah, he dumped yeah. me. He did. All right. And I, I've run into him since. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in your in your public life now? Uh, that yeah. Yeah. How does that go over? He's like, wow. Yeah. I think he thinks he made a mistake. Well, I'm going to say, like, <laughs> you know, maybe he wants to get booked on the view or a room that week. I'm just saying, you know, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. I think he thinks he made a mistake. But I'm just it, kidding. But you want to come good. on, cockroach? Call me. <laughs> um, no. All right. So that's fascinating. All right. Yeah. So this is this is interesting. Because, you know, we've touched in the past, you and I, in private conversations about other known people you may have, have had a date yeah. with here or there. Perhaps in future podcasts, we'll get into some of them. It's very but, interesting. I, I yeah. you know, because I grew up so sheltered, I was in high school at 12, college at 16. My parents didn't let me date. And so, like I say on the show, Anna Navarro always makes fun of me. She's like, see these Catholic girls. Mm-hmm. I was, I wanted to date. Sure. I was like, I want to go out. Unfortunately, a lot of the people were older. Right. You know, but I dated a lot. I just I just was like thirsting mm-hmm. to, to go out and go to parties and, you know, and how, how do you meet uh, a, an actor? At you that know, age? it was really weird. I would um, get into clubs mm-hmm. and I was the one that the bouncer would pick, mm-hmm. maybe because of the way I looked or I, I don't know. They would pick me and then I would always get into like the VIP section. OK, just it, like the John Legend show. Yeah, I would always get into the <laughs> VIP section and. And and the guys would come up to me and I, you know, my friends always thought it was so crazy. They were like, like Joy says, I'm a magnet. Yeah. For some reason <laughs> that that tended to be true. I I don't know if it was the innocence of the yeah. way. I don't know what it was. Does Manny get jealous of your exes? Does he know that you dated cockroach? Does it come up or no? Come to think of it. I don't think it's come up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this either. Oh, everyone listens <laughs> well, to the podcast. Come the on. other, yeah. the, the the one thing I will say that I don't think I've ever told you, we went on a trip to Puerto Rico and uh, Manny goes to sleep very early and I'm much more of a night owl, mm-hmm. um, as you know. So the morning, the, the fact that I've been doing morning television for such a long time is yeah. weird. But uh, we were at the Ritz Carlton and I walked downstairs. I was like, I'm going to go to the bar. And he was like, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the bar. Joy would love the story. And I see Dave Chappelle. Oh. And I'm like, God, I think that's Dave Chappelle. And I spent eight hours drinking and talking to Dave Chappelle. You haven't mentioned this to me either. <laughs> In Puerto Rico. Did you get a booking? <laughs> I did not get a booking. This was a while ago. Okay. This was a while ago. And I was um, stunned by his brilliance. Yeah, well, he's a, he's yeah. really smart. Yeah, and I love really smart people. One of the funniest people in the world. And he was funny, and he was insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. He wasn't as well known then, mm-hmm. I think, but I knew him. Yeah, and um, it was fabulous. I wonder if he still remembers that. Well, there we go. Well, if he does, also Dave Chappelle. <laughs> You're welcome. We're bumping cockroach for Dave Chappelle. <laughs> All right. I spent a long time until Manny came downstairs looking for me. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm I'm to put you at the bar at the governor's ball at the Oscars and see what bookings we can get. There we go. Uh, all right. Well, this was fun. Very exciting. We yes. uh, Secret Life of Sonny Hostin. <laughs> and uh, that's all the time we have for today. But thank you for joining as thank always. Thank you. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this podcast. Oh, I can't wait for the headlines. <laughs> but... Um, this was fun. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be back with Anna Navarro. Um, yes. And we'll have uh, a And lot tell of fun. her I Catholic girls do have fun. Exactly. And then tomorrow on the show, we'll have... Anna's the one person who goes out more than you. I yes, think that's I the, think so. She's the only one. <laughs> um, and then tomorrow on the show, we have a lot of hot topics, and we have uh, a performance from The Secret Life of Dancing Dogs. I 
love that. You know, you know, I'm an animal person. I do, I do. Yes. In fact, all right, I'm going to give a little tease here. We may be seeing some of your animals sometimes in the future. We're That's gonna, what I've heard. Yeah, so we'll, that'll be exciting. <laughs> exciting. All right, more to come on that. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed the podcast, please follow us, rate us, review us, tell us what you like, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs>